Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker and Ben McKee coming to you from Sanford Stadium in Athens, Georgia, where top-ranked Tennessee has fallen to third-ranked Georgia 27-13. The reigning national champions looked like the reigning national champions today, looked like the best team in college football. There's plenty to parse over about this game. There's plenty to discuss because I do think Tennessee should have could have played better a lot of things that Tennessee did in that game it did to itself but also the running national champions look like the running national champions you, you you walk into the the, the belt holders backyard you got to come stronger than this Tennessee a good football team that did not have a good day and was not nearly good enough to beat a team like Georgia in this stadium no not not even close and if, if you would have told me that Tennessee was going to hold Georgia to 27 points this morning, I, I would have told you that Tennessee probably wins by 10, 15, 20 points. I, I for sure would have thought Tennessee wins by the defense holding Georgia uh, to 27 points. Didn't play perfect football, but played plenty good enough football to win th- this game today. And uh, the story is the offense. And you could tell that it was going to be a long day from the first quarter. I say that in hindsight, obviously, because even in the second, third quarter, you know that Tennessee's just a play away from getting it going offensively. But looking back on it, that first quarter, those struggles in the first quarter offensively for Tennessee was a sign of things to come. Just a whole lot of shooting itself in the foot, not taking anything away from Georgia. Georgia was the more physical team. They have more talent. They have more depth. They're better. But it was Tennessee shooting itself in the foot with miscommunications, Hinton Hooker said after the game. It it was pre-snap penalties, uh, whether it be false starts uh, on linemen, whether it be false starts on receivers or or tight ends, everybody. Uh, And it was absolutely the crowd noise. So uh, the defense played well enough to win, Wes, and I'm surprised that we're sitting here this evening talking about Tennessee's offense being the reason that that it lost. And the other thing is I, I knew that, the, the stadium would be loud. I thought some of the tweets and the, the comments throughout the week about it not being a loud environment this Saturday, I thought that was going to be really – I thought in, in, in reality they, they were ri- ridiculous, uh, quite, quite frankly. And um, they, they were ridiculous, <laughs> I thought, going into the game. Uh, and it's not that, you know, what people were saying about the, the noise and it, it was just going to kill Tennessee, but – uh, I, I thought it would be loud. I, I thought Tennessee would be able to handle it. That that was what was surprising to me. Yeah, you know, I, I want. I'll be honest. I, I there's people around this league who have covered certain programs for a long period of time, and people who know a lot about certain programs. And, and I've always said there are a lot of good people who cover this beat and have for a long time. But Mark Slaybaugh works for ESPN is a guy who, who knows as much or more about Georgia football than anybody writing about it these days. And I just asked Mark a minute ago. 
is that the loudest you ever heard it in here? And he said, without question. Like he, without question, without, without hesitation, said this was the loudest he's ever heard it in here. It was every bit as loud as it was for Tennessee uh, against Alabama in Neyland, where that affected Alabama a little bit. And you saw in that game, right? You saw what that did to Alabama. And in this game, you saw what that did to Tennessee. And, and I think there's a couple of things. One, that got them behind the curve on a lot of drives. That, that, that took them out of field goal range at times. That, that did things to them that you can't have in a game like this. But I also think you have to absolutely give credit where it is due. Uh, and this was a concern coming into the game, Ben, talking to people, uh, at least one person the, the, down in Tuscaloosa, who I trust quite a bit, and he told me point blank, because I called him earlier this week and I, we were talking, and I said, I'm not sure exactly. I'm thinking about taking Tennessee in this game. I'll probably take Georgia, but I'm not sure. And he told me, no, take Georgia, and here's why. Because those guys over there run the same defense that we run over here, basically, and they have 60 minutes of film showing them what not to do. And you saw today with the athletes Georgia has, with the way that they were able to make those adjustments from, from seeing some of Bama's mistakes, they dialed up some stuff today that wrong-footed Tennessee. Tennessee said all the things you would normally hear after a game like this, Ben. They didn't do anything we didn't see on film. But whatever it was, Tennessee didn't see a lot of it. And Hooker did not see some of it. And then a lot of times, quite frankly, his, his offensive line got beaten. This was the first time all year long, Ben, that I think Tennessee was beaten on the line of scrimmage both ways. Very few teams this season had beaten Tennessee on either line of scrimmage in a game. Tennessee lost the line of scrimmage in this game. Right, and, and that, that was one of the big reasons Tennessee lost. Um, defense, it, it turned out okay because you held them the, the 27 points, but off, offensively, the, the offensive line just got whipped all day long. And, and also, the, the, the receivers got whipped as well on the perimeter. And, and I, I think, honestly, it's from a, a lack of, of route tree concept. They, they don't run a lot of routes. <laughs> and, and if you Hadn't have been some, a problem yet. No, but what I was going to say is that when you run into these five-star and high-level four-star corners that are physical freaks and athletic freaks and, and can defend just about anything from a physical standpoint, they're able to hone in exactly on, on what Tennessee does. And you saw that tonight. Uh, Tennessee's receivers, they, they weren't able to, to have breakout games like we, we've seen. And, again, part of that was Hendon was pressured as most as he has all season long. That, that absolutely seven played times. a role. Yes, a absolutely. Um, but but I did think that Georgia's secondary won the matchup with Tennessee's receivers. I did think that. And, and look, it, it's, it's unfortunate tonight. It, it stings tonight if you're Tennessee. But this was the reminder that Josh Heupel is in year two and Georgia is in year seven or eight under Kirby now. Recruit, and, recruiting on the Mount Rushmore. Yes, and, and I'm looking at their defending national championship sign that is lit up right now. This was that reminder. Uh, that In order for Tennessee to get to where Georgia is in terms of being the national champion and, and not being in contention to make the playoffs, they've got to go get more big uglies in the trenches that, that are really good because that, that is what won Georgia the game on top of the environment that just flustered Tennessee from the jump and then Tennessee wasn't able to bounce back. Yeah, I think when you – and that's absolutely a valid point and that's something for the long term that Tennessee has to address. In the short term now, which is, which is the here and now, which is the, the world that Tennessee's occupying right now, the space they're in, they have enough – to compete with and on the right day with the right performance and right execution beat anybody. But when you go into a game when the other team has more dudes than you, 
there is a longer checklist of things you have to accomplish to win the game. The team with the better pieces has a smaller checklist of things it needs to do to win the game. What did Georgia need to do to win this game? It needed to not let Tennessee get off to a ridiculous start, and it didn't do that because Tennessee did get that fumble. You know, Georgia fumbled on the first possession. Tennessee takes it, gets only three, not seven, but still goes up. People are feeling good. Then Georgia hits them right back with a quick touchdown drive and then never trailed again. And it got 14-3, and then it was 17, you know, 10, then 17. Things not looking great then. And that was a lot of the damage Georgia did for the game, honestly. But the second thing Georgia had to do, and this is something I talked about a couple times during the week, and I just I had this feeling. I don't, I don't know if you want to call it a sinking feeling, Ben, but it's a feeling that, that you know or think something's going to happen and one team's not going to be able to do anything about it. I worried a lot about Tennessee on third downs because Stetson Bennett is a lot of things. He, he's, not, he's not dumb. He's a smart guy. He knows where the ball needs to go, and he's athletic enough to wiggle out of the pocket and create problems for you. And if he buys just a couple of seconds, he's got guys that can get open. And so many times, I think Georgia finished 7 of 12 on third down. For a while, it was like 7 of 9. I mean, Georgia did what I thought it was going to do. That drive, when Tennessee gets the ball in the third quarter, comes down, doesn't get anything out of that drive, and then Georgia only gets a field goal but takes like nine minutes off the clock that's the kind of stuff that I thought if that if Georgia gets off to a decent start and does things like that, Tennessee's not going to win this game. Right, and and you saw that tonight. And also, speaking of Stetson Bennett, you saw some of the difference in, in recruiting and program being established because of it only being Josh Heupel's second year. You saw that show up on some of Stetson Bennett's plays, particularly on the scramble for the touchdown. You have a and look, Stetson Bennett's good. I'm not saying that he's not when I say what I'm about to say. He might be the Heisman front runner after this weekend. Yeah, possibly, but uh, an SEC safety should not get broke down in open field the way that Tennessee safety got broke down in open field on Stetson Bennett's scramble on that touchdown. Again, great play by Stetson. He's awesome. I think he's better than what people think he is. But an SEC safety should not be getting. Should not look that silly trying to chase down Stetson Bennett. Um, and, and also, you have defensive linemen, and, and I realize defensive linemen are a little bit different than uh, a defensive back, but supposedly one of your better defensive linemen taking poor angles uh, as well. So my, my overall point is that th- there's still some Jimmy and Joes that Tennessee has to catch up on in order to beat a team like Georgia. Tennessee's awesome, don't, don't get me wrong, but but in terms of coming to this house, coming to this place and, and – upset them in a way that you need better jimmies and joes and then the other thing although you do need better jimmies and joes you need better execution i mean it's it's as simple as that they they were they weren't ready for the moment and that's what's surprising again like i said earlier i, I kind of rambled because we were trying to avoid some people walking by and, yeah apology and, and, apologies up front about the the sound quality guys this is an open press box there's a lot of things going on it doesn't sound like it normally does and i'm sorry yes and, and we were trying to change seats i was flustered like tennessee's offense today <laughs> got, uh, got affected um but no i, I again I, I thought all the talk all week about Sanford Stadium not being loud. I I thought it was ridiculous. Is it the loudest stadium in the country? Probably not, but it is one of the loudest. There's over 90,000 people in here, and they're rooting for the defending champs against a rival who is coming in undefeated and the number one team in the country. It's going to be loud as hell in here, and it was loud as hell in here. So I thought all of that talk on, on Twitter all week was just beyond stupid, and 
Tennessee did not handle it. So although I thought that that was stupid, Wes, I was still surprised that Tennessee wasn't able to handle it. I thought it would be loud. I thought it would be a crazy environment. But I thought because of the maturity of, of Hendon Hooker and the receivers uh, and the veterans, I thought they'd be able to handle it. And Jalen Hyatt simply said that they could not hear what Hooker was trying to tell them to do on particular plays. They, they could, they, the receivers could not hear this, the call, and it, it's impossible to play clean football when that's the case. So uh, Jimmy's and Joe's certainly hurt Tennessee, but, but so did execution because they shot themselves in the foot a ton. Yeah, and that, that's what I, I think we're, we're on two different but equally important tracks of thought here because I agree that the Jimmy's and Joe's leave Tennessee at a disadvantage in certain matchups. There are certain matchups where it doesn't. Like the next three weeks, you're all right. You go out there and execute. you got more than the other guys. You're going to be all right. There's a handful of teams in the country that when Tennessee lines up against them, they're just going to have more dudes. And I think there's nothing that can be done about that. So what you have to do is focus on what you can do in the short term. And what I think you can do in the short term is execute what you do. And that's what they did not do today. Uh, and, and I think you have to give Georgia a lot of credit for that. I do. I, I think a lot of the stuff that happened today, Ben, I think a lot of it has to do with what Georgia did as opposed to what Tennessee did not do. I think Georgia played a very good football game today. And I think if we go back and watch film, we might see some of that. But, but we'll see. I might be wrong about that. Um, not flawless, but a really, really good performance. They were going to be hard to beat in here today. But Tennessee, seven false starts. You know, two, two turnovers, not enough on third down. Ben just wasn't going to get it done. No, it, it wasn't. It, it, and it was a mixture of both as we continue to go uh, back and forth on um, Tennessee. Just they, they don't have the Jimmies and the Joes in, in certain areas, and, and they shot themselves in the foot from the jump. Uh, I, I want to say on the opening drive there were three false starts. There, there was one drive where there was just three false starts. I think it was the first or the second. But those first two possessions of the game – told you right away that the environment was was really going to, to hurt Tennessee. And, and, it, and it did. And, and then the other unfortunate aspect of it, obviously Georgia beat Tennessee down pretty well in the, in the first half. You get the ball to start the second half. You're not able to take advantage of that. And, and you're trying to play catch up the entire second half. And then a monsoon breaks out. And that's not exactly ideal for playing catch up uh, against the defending champs. Yeah, I, I think that there's... You know, Tennessee would probably is sitting there saying, you know what, we'd really like to have played this team on a neutral field. I imagine Alabama's sitting there thinking, we really would have liked to have played Tennessee, not in Neyland Stadium. That, that's how it goes. you got to play tough games on the road. You have to deal with this stuff. And, and I thought maybe there was some, maybe there's some false confidence from what Tennessee did at LSU because they got off to a hot start there. They, it was a day game. They got off to a hot start. And by doing that, they really quieted that crowd, and they really caused a lot of problems. Today, they didn't get off to the fast start that they usually do, and they paid for that. And, and that's, that's just how it goes. You, 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 you go on the road. Things are going to happen. You have to adjust. And Tennessee did not do that. And now Tennessee's sitting here talking about a loss and what that means going forward. So I think we need to talk about what that means going forward, Ben. But before we do that, let's take a quick break, step away, pay some bills, listen to some products, services, in-house ads, et cetera. And then we'll be right back here on a very distracted, very noisy, very cluttered Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, 
feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Sanford Stadium. Ben McKee also coming to you from Sanford Stadium. We're sitting here uh, looking at the G. It's uh, turned into a very muggy but very pleasant night here uh, in Sanford, uh, in Athens. Not such a good day for Tennessee. The Vols Top-ranked Vols fall 27-13 to to third-ranked, unbeaten, and defending national champion and soon-to-be number one in the country, Georgia. Uh, this was a game that we knew Georgia needed to win more than Tennessee did. Not that Tennessee could definitely afford a loss. We don't know that. But you knew Georgia probably couldn't. Uh, and Tennessee lost the game. Georgia won it. we got to talk about what that means. Before we do that, though, just a quick Quick uh, request from our end, guys. If you could take a, about a minute out of your day right now, maybe 60 seconds, 75 seconds, 90 seconds, go in there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. We would appreciate that quite a bit. If you're just listening on the website, nothing wrong with that. We love you. No wrong way to consume this podcast. But what helps us out the most is if you go in there, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world, you can cast a fine pod. You can find this GoVols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. Very few complaints from our end. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there, rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Tell people you see at church tomorrow. If you're going to have to drink this one away and go say sorry tomorrow in church, go tell people you see in church. Go go, go tell people that you, you see it on the golf course, walking their dog. You see somebody at lunch. You see somebody walking around town. You see somebody wearing orange. Tell Listen, I like Tennessee. You like Tennessee. Why don't you listen to that Go Balls 24-7 podcast? It might change your life. You never know. That person might be your best friend, might be your spouse. You never know. So go do those things, please, please, please. And if you're already doing them, thank you. We love you. If not... I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Ben, back to this game, which we do need to talk about. Um, However, I think we need to also talk about what it means for Tennessee. We do not know. We will know Tuesday what uh, what those polls are going to say. We'll see what happens in LSU uh, in Alabama tonight, we'll see what happens with Clemson and Notre Dame tonight. Ohio State certainly did not have a great day. Uh, it won, but it did not have a great day. Um, you know, TCU got pushed again, but won. Well, we'll see how all that shakes out. I don't know where Tennessee will fall. I don't think it'll be out of the top five or six. I really don't. It just kind of depends on how the rest of the stuff goes tonight. I still think, Ben, that if Tennessee wins out, 
Tennessee's going to have a hell of an argument to be in the top four. I might be wrong about that. Maybe Tennessee has no more great opportunities to go out there and, and really impress people. Maybe it has to get some help. But mathematically speaking, Tennessee did not get blown out in this game. The computers are still going to like Tennessee. They're still going to be okay. They're going to be in this thing, but they have to get some help now probably. They absolutely have to get some help at, at this point uh, just because you don't have a, another team that is going to be ranked in the top 25 when, when you play them. You, you don't have another game in, in which you can really make a statement. You, you can beat Missouri, Vanderbilt, South Carolina using style points. And you need to beat the hell out of them. Yes, you do. You absolutely do. But I, I even think beating the hell out of all three of them, I, I don't think that gets you in the playoffs alone. I think that, that you need a little bit of help. It, it might. It absolutely might because I, I do think that it's absolutely fair to go back and point out everything Tennessee has, has done to this point to, uh, until tonight. There's a lot to be said for that. Win at LSU, home win against Bama, top 25 wins over Pitt, Florida, and Kentucky, regardless of what those teams look like now, they were still top 25 wins at the time. So I, I, I think that there's still enough of a resume to where Tennessee could potentially get in. It would be help. one of the strongest resumes that didn't get in if they went out. Yes, it, it absolutely would. But more likely than not, they're going to need a little bit of help. Um, but again, this is what we talked about, uh, you and I did, on the podcast after the rankings came out. This is why it was important that Tennessee was number one and not three or four, because theoretically, I agree with you, Tennessee's obviously going to fall. I don't think they're going to fall too much. I would be surprised if they're lower than five. They don't. Alabama does not need to be in front of them. No, and, and last I checked, Alabama was losing to LSU at the end of the first quarter, so we'll see how that game goes tonight. Um, but even Alabama aside, I, I, don't, I don't think you can rank Tennessee sixth or worst. And so if, if they are fifth, they're not going to go below fifth the rest of the season unless a miracle happens and they lose one of these games to Carolina, Vandy, or, or Missouri. And that's not happening, as I've been talking about for two weeks now. That's just not happening. So that this is why being ranked number one was so important, because now you fall to four, five, or six rather than seven, eight, or nine. And if they were going to fall to seven, eight, or nine, like Georgia probably would have had Georgia lost, that's a whole steeper road to climb than what Tennessee is going to have to climb when, when they're around five on Tuesday night. So uh, the, the season certainly is not over. You, you need to go out and, and win these last three games convincingly. I think Tennessee will do that naturally because they're not three good football teams that they're going to be playing. Uh, and I, I'm not trying to be participation trophy guy when I say this, but at worst... Tennessee went 11-1 and and is playing in the Sugar Bowl in Josh Heupel's second season. Disappointing that you didn't take advantage of your opportunity to get into the playoffs, but still a lot to hang your hat on. Yeah, there is no shame in losing to a team that has more talent than you in that team's backyard. I don't think <laughs> shame is not the right word. It's an opportunity lost. There's no question about that. Um, and, and you don't want to be one of those people who sits there and says, yeah, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, everybody gets orange slices. No, it's not. That's not what this is. Tennessee could have done some things in this game that would have helped Tennessee have a better chance to win this game. But I go back to this. Georgia still has not lost this season. Georgia 
came into this game with the Natty Championship belt. It's holding that belt until somebody takes it away from them, and it's going to take a hell of a performance to beat that football team. Those guys went through their season, and they did what a lot of running national champions do. They had a little bit of a lull here and there, but they kept winning, and when they needed to today, they got a big boost from their home crowd, and I think a lot of what we saw in this football game was not about what Tennessee did or didn't do. It was about what Georgia and what this environment did for the dogs. That Those are two completely different things, and I think we have to be honest about that. Tennessee should have made this a closer game. It absolutely should have. Uh, Tennessee, in the first half, Georgia was more than content to give Tennessee three and five yards and six yards, and Tennessee routinely you know, would try to take some shots, which is what they do in this offense, and when they hit them, that's good. But when they don't, you know, things kind of break down a little bit. It's just not the – it's what they do. When they hit it, it's going to look magnificent. And when they don't, they got to find other ways to get it done. And the false start penalties did not help. The Some of the sloppiness did not help. The monsoon in the second half certainly did not help. But uh, Tennessee hung in there, should have gotten off the field more on third downs. The defense is not blameless in this. Um, special teams, all right today. But I think – I mean, if you want to talk about what kind of day this was for Tennessee, how many things needed to go right and didn't, today was the best punt I've ever seen in my life. I have seen, like, beautiful coffin corner punts before from, like, 40 yards and 35 yards and even 50 and 51 yards. I've never seen a coffin corner punt go 75 yards out of bounds at the one-yard line. And if you want to talk about defining moments in this football game, that turned this game on its head in a second. And when you come here and things like that happen to you, it's easy to sit there and say it's not your day, but I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's wrong to just say something like that happens, man, you know, just not, it's it's tough to overcome things like that. That's a little things are going to matter in a game like this. And they, Tennessee didn't get them going their way. They just didn't. No, they they didn't. Everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. I, I would, I'd, I'd love to see this game be played on a neutral site uh, just in terms of uh, Maybe seeing, seeing Tennessee's uh, offense operate when they're able to communicate each other's other signals uh, to one another. And obviously that's something Tennessee's going to have to adjust and, and fix as well. You, you have to expect those things on the road in the SEC, especially at a place like Georgia. You, you just have to. Uh, and so maybe Tennessee could have had a better backup plan for, for if the situation that did happen did occur. Uh, I, I want to say Jalen Hyatt uh, mentioned that, that, that they need to be better with their silent snap counts. and That and, is surprising and, and disappointing to hear. If I'm being honest, Ben, that's disappointing to hear. Yeah, they, I mean, they just didn't handle the environment well. Uh, and, again, not surprising that the environment was crazy, surprising that a veteran group was not able to handle it. So everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. I, I'd love to see this game be played on a, a neutral site not saying that Tennessee would win on a neutral site I would pick Georgia because of what we saw from Georgia today and their level of physicality and how they were able to disrupt Tennessee the crowd disrupted Tennessee but the Georgia defensive front really disrupted Tennessee's offensive front and got it out of whack got it out of rhythm they were physical with Tennessee's receivers on the perimeter there were often times where guys just were not open like, like they have been all season. So I would still pick Georgia in a neutral site, but it is something that I, I would enjoy seeing. And I know nobody wants to hear this, but we learned a lot about Georgia today. They, they have not looked all that great the last month, month and a half. 
uh, and it's clear that they were just uninterested in playing football against bad football teams. <laughs> that, that, that's what that we, was. We've apparently. seen we've seen title we've seen title teams do that before. We certainly have, and uh, I'm very impressed by Georgia's physical nature uh, that they showed tonight. I, I said earlier this week somewhere, radio interview or podcast or something, uh, that I thought we were going to learn a lot about Georgia, and we learned a lot about Georgia. And I, I think right now, after tonight. How could you not view them as the, the front runner to win the national championship for uh, a second consecutive year? They, they just play clean, fundamental football, and, and they have all the physical freaks and athletic freaks in the world to do it. So uh, I, I definitely think we learned that Georgia's the, the best team in the country tonight, but who knows? Like you um, made a comment a moment ago, maybe Tennessee gets a chance on a neutral site in a couple of months in the playoffs. To, to right this wrong. They'll need a little help to do so, um, but I, I would be very surprised if Tennessee doesn't handle its business to close out the season. Yeah, and that's, I think, the last thing we need to talk about before we get out of here. I think we need to mention that, that Tennessee, to be honest, the next three weeks are not going to be this level of football. So Tennessee has got to go out there and make corrections, but it's also got to do things like that with a mind toward what happens when you get back to a game like this. Stay sharp. Be ready. And take care of business the next three weeks because right now at the very very least and this is the most comf- this is the most sunny optimistic way to put it is that they're still going to have people who are going to be looking for a reason to not have them in the top four they're going to have people looking for a reason to put someone else in the top four so what they've got to do is go out there and leave no doubt give nobody any more chances this season to say they're not one of the four or five best teams in the country. That means that you go out there the next three weeks and you play your ass off and you win those games comfortably. You take care of business. You add style points if you need to. But you go out there and you go back to work Monday and you get you learn from this and you come back and don't give anybody any more excuses or any more reasons the rest of the season to throw you under the bus. Because now they've taken the thing out of their own destiny. It's not in their hands anymore. But they can do things, I think, Ben, to keep it closer to their hands than, than maybe other ways of going about it, if that makes sense. It does. It, it does. Uh, Tennessee handles its business these, these last three weeks, and, and they're going to have a chance to get into the playoffs uh, this time uh, a month from today. Uh, they'll, they'll absolutely have a chance if they can go out and, and finish their, their business this season. And, and again, I'd, I'd be very surprised if they don't. It, South Carolina's not good. Missouri's not good. Vanderbilt's not good. Missouri has an interesting way of keeping games close, though. They hang yeah, around. They, they do. And, and part of that is they're very physical along the defensive line. Uh, that, that is why they're able to do that. And Tennessee did not handle that well today. But I, I would be very surprised if Tennessee lost to Missouri. And uh, they're, they're going to have, they're going to need a little help from the outside. But I think it's very doable. The, 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 the college football playoff hopes for Tennessee did not die tonight. They got, they got much harder, but they did not die tonight. No, and, and now it comes down to what sort of maturity and fight this team has in some ways because when everybody's at your back and everybody's pushing you along and everybody's feeling good about you, it's a really good life, man. It really is. And these guys hadn't experienced that before. They hadn't tasted it. They tasted it. Now they got people saying, okay, this sucks right now. So now they got a little bit. They, they got to fight through some stuff now. Now let's see what they're made of. We'll see if it's enough, and we will be there every step of the way. And hopefully, the rest of the season uh, for postgame pods, we will be in a more controlled environments. I know the postgame pod audio quality 
is not quite the same. It's more Gorilla Radio style than we normally like to have it. It's not polished, uh, but tonight's with background noise. Again, I apologize. There's pretty much nothing we can do about that right now because uh, we needed to get this out to you. So thank you for listening, guys. Ben, you got anything else before we get out of here? I'm good. I'm we, good. We will be back Monday where we will have a uh, much more normal podcast, and then we'll be back Tuesday again, I'm sure, when the pod, when the, the CFP rankings come out, and we'll have to have a quick reaction from that too. So until then, uh, we'll have a lot more coverage on the site at GoVols247.com. I'll have a column. Ben will have stuff. Patrick Brown, who is here, who is diligently writing right now, he will have stuff. Uh, we will get this stuff sorted out. We will have coverage the next couple days, and uh, we'll be back on Monday for more podcasts and more videos and more other stuff. So go right to right there to GoVols247.com and get all of it. Uh, ben, thanks for, uh, thanks for braving the elements here with me, buddy. Thanks, Wesley. There's that button. And now I can say... Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247 to get all of the stuff there or most of the stuff there. We got stuff on there that we update throughout the day, all day, every day, tons of stuff on there, all good stuff. But if you want that best, most delicious, that sparkling, delicious, crystal clear East Tennessee Smoky Mountain Spring Water right from the tap. Go directly to GoBalls247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball coverage. We cover Tennessee baseball better than anybody out there. We got that for you. We got Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who covers all things Lady Vols for us. You also get administration news. Basically, anytime anything happens over there at the University of Tennessee, we bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forums that run around the clock, the Checkerboard and the Summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a free trial, and that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial, and then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it. Get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff, brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows. You get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than 100 bucks a year. Guys, that is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of of that now uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days there's been a problem we should be back here uh in, in a couple days or so you'll hear from us very very shortly until then guys be good to each other be decent to each other 
please. There's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore. God, we are so mean to each other. Have some basic human empathy. Allow people their dignity. Try to be kind. Be good to each other. Until then, be good, guys. See you. Where's Wes at? He already put my comments out there, so (laughs) he had direct quotes. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.